everything I touched, I was creative. So as an adult, I was singing, acting, dancing, living the dream. And then I had a brain hemorrhage that almost killed me. The doctor said it should have killed me. It derailed my career. <laughs> it kind of derailed my life because suddenly my face drooped on one side. So forget acting. I couldn't dance because I had no balance anymore. I couldn't sing, though it should have killed me. When I got out on the other side of that brain hemorrhage, I had relatively few deficits. I mean, having a droopy side is like not a big thing in the world of deficits. Has your life, your dreams been interrupted? Good news. It is possible to reinvent our lives. People are doing it every day, and some are brave enough to share the struggles, disappointments, and challenges. If you are looking for a new beginning, a do-over, or to rediscover your passion, maybe even find a new one, then grab a cup of coffee and let's talk. Interrupted, Act 2, Reinventing Your Legacy, with your host, Coach Lori. Jennifer White is a musician, and I love how you spell your name, J-E-N-E-P-H-E-R. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We like to start with the wonderful life you're living now before we get to how you got there. So tell us about what you're doing and what you love about your life. I live in Seattle, which is one wonderful thing because contrary to popular opinion, it doesn't rain here all the time. So I live in Seattle with my amazing partner of, of over 30 years in a beautiful home. I have two dogs and a cat and I make music all day. Well, from nine to three, Monday through Friday. That's like the basic time I, I do music. What do you want us to know about your amazing music? God, that's a, such a question. It doesn't sound like my age. First of all, I'm 63. It's a cross between pop and hip hop. I should say pop and rap. It largely, the melodic piece will be like the positive version. In the rap will be the harder things to talk about. When I say positive, I mean, there's always like love is a favorite thing of mine to go to. Power as impersonal power, freedom. And then the stuff that is harder to talk about how I interact with people, how it feels to me when they do certain things and what the truth about me is, how I feel about something that I'm not supposed to feel a certain way about. I use my poetry in writing my lyrics, which gives it the freedom for people to interpret however they see. It sounds like love and a lot of truth and that saying hard things, we can say hard things and to do it with music to me, or poetry is really the way to kind of almost pull the rug out from people because they're like enjoying it and they're going, wait a minute, what was that? Exactly. You have a life you love, but it wasn't always like that. So do you want to tell us where you came from? Oh my God. Okay. Even though I'm in Seattle for over 20 years, I was born in Los Angeles and I was a creative my whole life. I was born to poverty and alcoholism and sexual abuse. It was really bad. But so then as I was growing up, I was also brilliant in my mind, straight A student and creative. Everything I touched, I was creative. So as an adult, I was singing, acting, dancing and waiting on tables. That's what I was doing in Los Angeles, you know, living the dream. And then I had a brain hemorrhage that almost killed me. The doctor said it should have killed me. It was bad. It derailed my career. <laughs> it 
kind of derailed my life because suddenly my face drooped on one side. So forget acting. I couldn't dance because I had no balance anymore. It was, I couldn't sing because singing is a, a, I have to be in line with like my body, mind, and spirit. I had too much other stuff going on. I couldn't sing. I was too afraid. Though it should have killed me. When I got out on the other side of that brain hemorrhage, I had relatively few deficits. I mean, having a droopy side is like not a big thing in the world of deficits. I went back to school. That was the hardest thing I did because I had to quit singing dancing, acting, writing, anything that I did creative, I had to quit doing that and focus on a corporate job. I had to get myself some health health insurance because the, the brain hemorrhage thing could happen again. The other thing I want to say about when I was living the dream in Los Angeles, the thing that I always had was incredible stage fright. I was studying music at Los Angeles City College and I would get laryngitis before a voice final the night before, or I would get migraines before rehearsals. That was what pursuing my dreams included. When the brain hemorrhage came, I thought, okay, I'm obviously not supposed to do this. It was the hardest time, I think, of my life. During the brain hemorrhage, I had a near-death experience. And I say that because it's very important to how it shaped my life much later. Um, Okay, so I did like 20 years of going to school, getting out of school, working at Boeing as an analyst for 10 years. In 2010 was the last traumatic brain injury I had. When I realized that I was out of it. When I came to in that other place, wherever that other place is, I said, what the fuck? Because I could not believe that I was there one more time. And I said, I'm not willing to go back if I can't get anything different. I'm not willing to do that to my partner. My partner is a woman, by the way, and I'm just not willing to do that. So what do I need to do? All I heard or understood was change your mind. Wow. And I was like, can it be that simple? And I thought, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. Since 2010, I've been working on changing my mind. At first, I decided, I decided that subconscious is not subconscious. It's just not looked at. So it's like, if I have this, what I feel like is my body was built to self-destruct. All the lessons I learned from zero to five just had me in an endless loop of getting physical stuff that, so I had to go back, go back to the childhood, go back and clear up those ideas. I've done that with meditation, with lots of different kinds of therapies, with journaling, a lot of daily journaling. I've had to get to know myself really well. (laughs) So journaling, meditation, and a lot of therapies being open-minded, being honest about what I really think and feel, even when it's inappropriate, even when it makes me look bad. During this time, this since 2010, it came to me in meditation to start singing again. And by that time, it was like I hadn't sang for over 20 years. I'd been through multiple surgeries and I had like intubation when they put the tube down your throat to breathe. I just thought there's no way. I did. But I ended up starting to do that. It was 
first with the thought of, I'm going to try to get on the voice. So I would submit myself to the voice every so often. I obviously not ever gotten on there. Then a little later, I started writing music again. And then I got my own home studio. And here I am. Here I am. I mean, the only thing that hasn't come my way yet is the money. The money and the huge fan. Everything else, it's like it's already there. My music is to change cultures, to change the way women see themselves, especially post-childbearing years. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. In fact, I saw Rita Moreno the other night on TV, 91. She was great. She was so great and gave me hope. Like she was 41. It's important to realize kind of as part of evolution we get to be what we decide now. Instead of before, it was like, oh, we were we were done making babies, so our worth was gone. And that isn't it anymore. We get to decide our own worth. And if we want to keep going, we have the, the ability to keep going, plus the wisdom of having lived for this long. Remind me of the words you heard when you were deciding whether or not you wanted to come back. Just change your mind. I just want to acknowledge that because our mind can change our brain. And that is so profound. This is a podcast. And the only sad thing I I think about this, because I love radio and I love audio, is I wish people could see your face. Because the expressions on your face as you're telling the story are touching my heart. I deal, I work with a lot of people who have had what you've had in your beginning years. And the fact that you chose to go back and look at that, rather than try to stuff it away, pretend it didn't happen, takes you out of being the victim into being a survivor and victorious. And I think I'm hearing that in a way, that's when the transformation happened, when you changed your thoughts about all of that. I had started recovering from my childhood in 1984. So I had been on the journey of looking back and the difference was I was going back to my quote unquote subconscious. And that's where all the damage was taking place. Now it's like I had cleared out all the conscious, all the feelings and all the memories done that already, but it was a subconscious that I had not dealt with. I didn't know I could deal with it. That gives me hope. Yeah. So I have to ask you, when you sing now, do you still have that fear? You told us about this incredible fear when you were in school. (laughs) Okay. The best thing when I started singing this time, one of the things that I used to say is that I had a voice like Karen Carpenter and a soul like Patti LaBelle, and I could never reach my soul. And it drove me nuts. This was back in Los Angeles. It drove me nuts that I that I sang like that. Uh, Karen Carpenter is very nice when your soul is like Patti LaBelle. So this time when I started singing, I found my soul. There has been nerves, but the, they're like getting less and less and less because I'm working with myself. Mostly, I would say it's gone. That incredible stage fright that manifests itself physically all over, gone. And the ability to sing is there. One of the first thing you mentioned was your music is about love. And it sounds like you have fallen in love with Jennifer. (laughs) Yes. And what's so great about that is that I'm sharing 
I know what it's like to hate myself with all my heart and soul because I used to. So I'm sharing the journey of there to here and the struggles from there to here. There's not just the struggle of every step of the way going from turning your mind around and turning your life around it, but there's ease and grace and love on the other side. That's, That's what beautiful. I was going to say. I believe so many women have self-loathing and getting from that to love is really a process. So what advice do you have for us in getting from there to there? It's like, it's not a straight shot. It's not like one day you go, oh, I'm in love with Jennifer, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, the, The thing you said earlier about being a victim, we as women, as humans, but as women, especially given that mindset, and then we get lots of proof. I want everybody to know that having a rotten childhood was an excuse. As long as I believed it was the reason for the bad stuff that happened to me, it was. When I was willing to believe that it wasn't the reason and that there was a way to get through it, then I had the found the way to get through it. I want people to know that menopause is not the beginning of the end. Au contraire. <laughs> Unless I let it be. If I decide that it is, then it is. It takes courage to make the decision to live, especially when I have at this time in my life, it's just the usual thing far as like looking back over history for women to just get old and die. It blows my mind that how our looks change. We look like we're dying long before we're dead, it seems. I mean, that's what it seems to me. All kinds of people that... When I put this out, you jumped right on and I went to your Facebook page to take a look at you. What really touched my heart is that, yes, you recreated yourself. You reinvented yourself. Yeah. Coach Lori here. I am not anti-aging. I am all about aging gracefully. Did you know we stop making collagen at a certain age? And did you know powdered collagen has to go through your whole digestive system? So I am a big fan of Glow Liquid Collagen. It helps me age gracefully inside and out. To order, check the link below. By the way, if you order two at the same time, free shipping. Or if you would like to be an affiliate, make a little extra cash. Click the affiliate link. I went to your Facebook page to take a look at you. What really touched my heart is that, yes, you recreated yourself. You reinvented yourself. Yeah. But there was a passion because you, what you just said, I look at these women and they look like they're dying. And what you know to be true is we can live until we're dead. We don't need to die before we die. That's profound. That's what I see in you. You want us to know something. I want us to know that we are a lot more powerful than we even know. That we can change our lives. We can change other people's lives. We are a lot more powerful than we know. We are made of the same stuff that is throughout the universe. So therefore... We have that stuff, power and that love and that it's just about accessing it. Accessing it will look different for every single person, but that's part of what makes this trip on earth interesting and fun. It's like, all I have to worry about is me. How am I accessing it? 
and everything makes sense. When I'm opened up to this possibility, everything makes sense in the world to me. And I don't know, I couldn't exactly tell you that in words. It's more of a feeling. It all kind of clicks into place. You said early on, I made a decision. Absolutely. What else I'd like to let people know when I said menopause is not the beginning of the end. Instead, it, it takes courage to make the decision to live. And then after the courage, it takes paradigm shifting willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness. Paradigm shifting. I mean, it's huge. But whenever I feel doubtful about any of it, I go back to the joy that I had at one and a half, two years old that that I see in my son. I have a son. The joy of children. I go back to that joy because that's the face of the universe, the face of my source. I've often heard we were wired. Our brains were wired for joy and we've lost sight of it. Almost the fact that you had the near-death experience was what gave you the courage Sometimes I think people, they don't have a story, something that shakes them to life. What might you say to somebody that hasn't had that experience, but you want them to wake up? I wonder, I think, how in the, how am I going to get that, this across? Part of it I trust is my music because I believe the presence that is the universe uses music to communicate, not just words, but music. My hope is that it will get communicated that way. Do you have kids? I have three. Then get the strongest in your memory. What is the strongest love you ever felt for any one of them or or all of them? You get that strongest love. And then like with that memory, then think about your whole lifetime of love that you've ever felt love and put that all in one moment. And then get your whole family each being, all the love that they felt and put that in one moment and then gather it all together and then do that for the neighborhood and then the city and then the country, then the world. You have all the love and put it in one moment. That is the energy that makes up the universe. That's so beautiful. What it made me think of is because you were using your hands, it made me think of a Christmas ornament. Like if we could put all of that love in one ball, one ornament that we would always have, even as a token, that is so beautiful. Yes. When I had my near-death experience and I was feeling this like amazing love, at that moment, I remember thinking, I'm never going to be able to explain this to people. How am I ever going to? And I started trying to think of it then, right in the moment. Yeah. Hopefully it will be transmitted through the music. How can people find your music? I'm all over the place. I have a website, jenniferwhite.net, but I'm on iTunes and I'm on Spotify and I'm on Apple, Amazon, and I'm on all of the places. Do you have a favorite song that you've done that if someone was to go look for your music that you would say, this one might really speak to you? That depends on who you are. I'm someone looking for love. I have self-loathing. I have a song called Elevator Pitch, which was about my submissions to the voice. 
I have had so many submissions to the voice. Do you know what it's like to be constantly submitting yourself and not hear anything? All the crap in my head about not being good enough. It was just, ugh, it was awful. It was awful to have to work through that. But this song is how, (laughs) what I worked. So that's dealing with the self-loathing thoughts that I had. I work in an industry where there's a lot of people for a few positions. And so, yes, I do know what that's like to get silence. But also at this age, when women are trying to get a job and because of their age, they're not going to get a job. To me, that is pretty universal message. And I love that you're like, this is how I work through it because I was telling myself all the self-loathing, but then I decided not to go there. Yes. There's a song called Divide and Conquer. (laughs) There's a song called Tip for Tat. Because I write poetically, often you don't necessarily see it unless you see it, unless, unless you know that that's what I'm talking about. Often my battle is with myself. It's always with myself. There's a song called Virus that I wrote for looking outside of myself, feeling inside of myself, trying to get okay with all of it. I'm not suffering from self-loathing anymore. Don't you think that's where we want to be? Like we want to get free from it, but we don't even know what it is. Oh God. Yes. I mean, I'll tell you now I'm right at the moment. I'm getting rid of it. Self-loathing for me is like an extreme that if my mind goes there at all, it goes to the extreme. And I'd like to think it's different than that. I have in the past lied about that, but it's not. So when I sit here in my studio and I'm working on music, I'm not getting it for whatever reason. Something's not flowing that day. If I get angry, that's a sign that what's going on in the back of my head is a fucking piece of shit. It's like all this, when I get angry, I need to stop and start talking to myself immediately, lovingly. It's like, oh, let's go do something else for a while because I can't afford to live in that old reality. The old reality is where I was a piece of dirt. I can't do that and want something different. I can't. What I love is that you say, I still go there, but also it sounds like you get back quicker. You get to a better place quicker. And I think that's what gives me hope. Sometimes I wish, why did I even go there? It's like, oh, but I got back quicker. Yes, exactly. And that's that's a big thing that comes through to my music is that whole reality of like not being perfect at it, not being perfect at anything and what that looks like. We don't have to be perfect. Thank you so much for your generosity and sharing your story. Again, your website is Jennifer, J-E-N-E-P-H-E-R, white, W-I-T-E dot net. Or you can find her music on Spotify or any of those, even Amazon. So go check her out and reach out and let her know that you have heard her on the podcast and you love her music. And thank you so much for sharing your story. And I love that you are living your best life. And I love your hat. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Have you heard, if not now, when? If not you, then who? Are you being prompted to write a book, to create a podcast? Check out Leaving a Legacy at www.coachlaurie. That's coach, L-A-U-R-I-E dot com. And let's get started on your second act now. 
three things we learned from Jennifer. Be honest, even when it's hard. Be brave to pursue what you really love. We do not have to suffer from self-loathing. If you love this podcast, here's a big ask. Will you share with your friends and family? Subscribe, give us a review, and a five-star rating so that others looking to reinvent their lives will be able to get the help they're looking for. Thank you in advance.